So I'll tell you just a little more about Emerson's place in kind of our, our larger movement and, and our history. That moment in 1836 when Emerson publishes Nature and it begins what's called the Transcendentalist Revolt within Unitarian Universalism, it's really, and also kind of a natural evolution in a lot of ways, that that was the end of a three-decade period that started in 1805, that in 1805 a Calvinist who was a member of the Harvard Divinity School faculty died and was an, an Orthodox Christian and was replaced with a liberal Christian. And that started a three-decade controversy called the Unitarian Controversy. And it was over, you know, how these ministers were being influenced. Were they being influenced by Orthodox professors or by more liberal professors? And so that's that three-decade um, three decade time within which, like in 1819, you had Channing's Unitarian Christianity Sermon. In 1825, you had the American Unitarian Association. So that the, to skip way forward, in 1961... Um, 60 plus years ago is when the American Unitarian Association and the Universalist Church in America merged to form the Unitarian Universalist Association, but we're back at the beginning right now of, of Unitarianism. And that it started as an epithet, so that basically, uh, you know, Channing, our, our predecessors at that time, would have called themselves liberal Christians who emphasized Jesus' ethics more than his theology, but their opponents didn't see that as the most significant thing about them. Their opponents saw the most significant thing about them in that they didn't believe in the Trinity, so they called them Unitarians. And finally, in 1819, you know, well into the controversy, Channing's basically just like, fine, we're Unitarians. And so, <laughs> they, whatever. Uh, and so, interestingly, what happened is, as soon as we started stopped fighting with the Calvinists over those three decades and just kind of settled into being Unitarians and in all of that, we started fighting amongst ourselves, right? We defeated the, we don't really defeat the enemy, we just kind of separated. And that's when the, we had this transcendentalist revolt from within Unitarian Universalism. But it's even a little more complicated than that because there are larger movements going on at the time so that our, that previous generation of Unitarians was deeply influenced, as were the founders of this country, by Enlightenment rationalism, right? The late 1700s into the early 19th century, that really thinking through and questioning a traditional theology based on thinking and reason. But starting with Emerson, and, and it's not just Emerson and the Transcendentalists, it's this larger movement of romanticism, right, of coming in, of caring about feelings and all of that. And that relates back to a seed planted earlier by a guy named Friedrich Schleiermacher in 1799, wrote a book called On Religion, Essays to Its Cultured Despisers. And he, it's, he emphasized what the Germans call gefühl, feelings, so really paying attention to your feelings. And that, that also heavily influenced Emerson. And it's part of what What's known as the liberal turn in religion. And so that, that's part of what we're heir to, right? Or what could better be called, the, it's not the turn to the Democratic Party, right? It's what could be called the libertarian turn in religion, from that Latin word liber, meaning freedom. And so what you see is this turn from saying that religious authority is grounded in hierarchy. It's grounded in what the people in the pointy hats tell you to do, right? Or it's uh, grounded in community. You know, if you grew up saying the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, does it say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creating heaven and earth? No, it says, what's the pronoun? We, right? It's not about you, Narcissus. It's about the one holy Catholic apostolic church, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, so it's, it's a shift from religion based in what, in, in community, what we believe, based in history, what allegedly has always been that way, or based in tradition or hierarchy, to religious authority deeply grounded in reason and experience. What makes sense to you, what evidence there is, and what you know deeply to be true in your own firsthand experience. So that's, these are these larger things we're seeing. The, the final piece I should really emphasize that is especially true with Emerson and our movement 
is that anything that's large and creates a lot of influence also creates a shadow. And there's a large Emersonian shadow in our movement that is related to radical individualism, which is really great, except that if you're just a voice crying in the wilderness, it's hard to get stuff done. We're still, you know, Emerson actually left our pulpit, right? He left our movement. And I mean, he was still kind of vaguely involved and tangentially involved, but there's other people we also should be looking to, like Henry Whitney Bellows, that's, you know, helped keep that American Unitarian Association going. He was a minister at All Souls in New York and was, you know, leading social justice organizations like the American Sanitary Commission, helping, in, you know, increase health during the Civil War. So just be aware of that Emersonian shadow that, you know, the move, the ultimate developmental move is from that infantile dependence on other people and the community you're born in to independence. And Emerson is extremely helpful with that move from infantile dependence to independence. But he's terrible at the next move, which is what's maybe the biggest challenge for us today, that move from independence to a freely chosen interdependence. Not this forced upon you like that infantile dependence, but a freely chosen interdependence. It's that difference between freedom from and freedom for. So Emerson's really good at that freedom from, rebelling, but that can ultimately result in an arrested um, in an adult, in a, you know, arrested development, an extended adolescence. Uh, so what about freedom for? What are you going to do with that freedom? Have you really been set free or have you just been cast adrift? Right. So to, to think about that as we as we look uh, of what options are available to us. But the challenge continues to be. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so easier said than done. Right. <laughs> Freely choose that interdependence. Uh, so as you continue your journey, though, continue your journey in love. Care for one another, care for this one earth, do justice and make peace. And as you go, whatever taste or touch you've had in this time and place of hope, of love, of peace or joy, that goes with you out into the world. We're different for having spent this time together. May you live boldly and with thanksgiving. Go in peace.